Hello and welcome to week two, episode two of the Brotherly Sports Podcast presented by The Fans Place. I'm Sam Wexler, the host alongside the brothers themselves, the founders of The Fans Place, Connor and Rory Billing. A lot's happened in the past week in baseball, so let's take a quick look at the standings. Oakland running away with the American League West, and that's something that we could have predicted, but not necessarily something that we expected this early on in the season. I think so. I also think we should be wary of the fact that Houston has won five in a row. So we talked about them last week on the past podcast about being down and out a little bit. And you talk, you talk dirty about someone, about a team like the Astros, and they'll come back. So winners of five in a row, and I think three and a half behind the A's. So the A's are going to have to keep up their winning stride uh, to, to keep the, the Astros kind of in the rearview mirror there. In the American League Central, everybody is within six games. Minnesota has got a one-and-a-half game lead on Cleveland, so that really could be anybody's division. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Tigers have kind of fallen off, which isn't super surprising. The White Sox seem to be hovering around 500. Um, The Indians, if they decide to pitch (laughs) Clevenger and Plesak again at some point, uh, should should be pretty good. I still think it's the Twins' division to lose, though. At the end of the day, they just have a little bit too much firepower. AL East. The Yankees still carrying themselves quite well. Six wins in a row and seven out of the last ten. They just destroyed the Red Sox, who look like they're collapsing every chance they get. Yeah, I think it's no surprise that the Red Sox are at the bottom of the table in the AL East, even though I think some thought the Orioles might be giving them competition for the seller this year. Um, I think it's really going to end up being a two-man race between the Rays and the Yankees as we hit kind of the third of the way through the season here, and those two are battling out at the top, I think it'll stay, it'll stay that way for the remainder of the season. And as far as the National League goes, the Cubs have won five out of the last ten and hold a three-and-a-half game lead over the Brewers. In the National League East, the Braves and the Miami Marlins, surprisingly, still duking it out. Yeah, I think the Marlins are still sitting in a wild-card spot uh, here in the NL. Um, and again, I, I think they're going to be pretty close to that really all year in the central um, starting to see who the cards are a little bit. They've played some tough games with the Cubs the past couple of days. We're going to see a lot of those. I, I think I read a report that they're going to average 10.8 innings per day over the rest of the season. Cause they have to play so many double headers to catch up. So that'll be taxing on, on that squad, but I think we'll see them in the thick of the wild card all the way through. I'm a little surprised at the Cubs, the bullpen has been completely horrendous and yet they still are sitting you know, a number of games over over 500 and leading the NL Central. Chris Bryant has looked terrible, but uh, Ian Happ has hit the ball really hard. You know, Rizzo's hitting the ball really well as well. They've got some bats in that lineup that are that are still propelling them forward. So I, I don't know if any of the teams in the NL Central are really that good this year, to be honest. I think the Cubs have kind of gotten a little bit lucky, but um, we'll see as the season progresses. Case of or question of who's going to be the least average in the Central? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the winner of that division at about 32 and 28. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it finishes up. In the National League West, the Dodgers still holding on to their lead. They've got a three-game boost over the Colorado Rockies, who seem to have slipped a little bit. They lost last night, and they're four for six in the last ten. Yeah, I think we've seen Charlie Blackman slide down to a paltry 430 batting average. So I – as his hitting is going, it seems like that's how the Rockies are going. I would expect them maybe to stay a few games over 500, but don't really think they'll give the Dodgers any any worry in the NL West. And the Dodgers are just 
raking and the depth there is and the pitching and the batting is they don't really have anyone that can match them this year. I would say in the NOS, I would love to see the Padres add a couple more in the off season, potentially push for a wild card spot this season and maybe kind of make a, a fun playoff series with the Dodgers later this year. Yeah, for sure. Now moving into the standout hitters and pitchers of the week, one guy I liked was Fernando Tatis Jr., who was going viral on Twitter last night and this morning for hitting a home run on a 3-0 count over the season. He's got 11 jacks, and he's got a 1-109 OPS. Tatis yeah. is here to stay as the face, as becoming one of the faces of Major League Baseball, I think. And obviously, Trevor Bauer tweeted out about he doesn't think Tatis should change at all, which I'm a proponent of it. Baseball needs a spark. They need something to, to bring the game back and – if Tatis can bring the energy and Acuna who could battle out with Acuna over the next 10, 15 years as you add more players, I think all of that's better for baseball. It's yes, there are unwritten rules in baseball, but the younger players need to stir the pot a little bit to start bringing some excitement back to the sport. A pitcher that I liked was Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs, who over his last two starts has gone 13 innings pitched with two wins and has only allowed three earned runs. So he's really been able to keep uh, numbers off the board for the Cubbies. Yeah, Hendricks has been one of those guys that he seems to be a bit up and down. Um, he had a great start on opening day. He was, I believe it was a complete game three hitter. Um, and then he kind of lost it a little bit there in the middle, but um, brought it back last week. He's one of the reasons the Cubs are, are in first place in the NL Central. Um, I think he'll probably have a, have a pretty solid rest of the year. Usually doesn't have a ton of strikeouts, but um, keeps the ball in the park and and uh, easily racks up some wins. Hendricks is on my fantasy team, so whatever he can do to get more strikeouts, I'm a proponent of. So I'll be I'll be following him closely. Connor, on that note with your guys, who are you looking at as the hitter and pitcher of the week for you? I think Soto. The way he's come back after being missing the first few games of the season and similar to Tatis, he got some he got a little bit of a bad rep for breaking some unwritten baseball rules as well, but these young players, they need to show up. They need to bring excitement. I love the way Soto plays. I like the energy. I like the attitude. Um, and he's, I mean, he destroyed the Mets in their season, in their series. I think he hit four home runs and, and owned them during that entire series. And then you can't miss out on Garrett Cole winning his 20, 20th straight win, basically. It's anytime something like that happens, how unpredictable baseball is, it just shows true dominance. He's done that across two different teams, two, two different seasons. It's, it's pretty unique. And Rory, who are you looking at this week that excited you? Yeah. A couple names that are maybe a little less known. Dominic Smith for the Mets hit a home run in four straight games. Um, he, he's a little bit of a late bloomer, a guy with a lot of power started playing a little more regularly last year and looked like he could be a fluke but uh, has come out the gate this year, had a little bit of a rough start, but it's really come alive in the last week or so. I think he's going to continue hitting the rest of the year. And then on the pitching side, Zach Gallen was traded to the Diamondbacks towards the end of the season last year and a little bit of a shocker. The Marlins traded a couple of young, you know, a couple of their young guys for a couple of the young guys from the Diamondbacks. Gallen has now actually set a record, a little known record with his 20th straight start to start his career with three, allowing three earned runs or less. Um, no one has ever done that in the history of baseball, which is, which is pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, he started in Miami, which is not a huge baseball market necessarily. He moved to Arizona, also not a huge baseball market. Um, I think if he's playing for the Yankees, a lot more people would know who he is. But um, 
another great start for him. And uh, uh, looks like he's going to have a long, successful career. Let's move on to what we liked this week. Personally, I thought it was awesome to see Mike Trout hit home run after home run. It seemed like he would hit a home run at least every night. And he's just been phenomenal since coming back from paternity leave. I think I sent Rory a couple of texts just saying Trout did it again when he was, it's, he's one of those players where there's always something going on and you kind of always track the angels box score just to see what Trout did today. And you think of other players like that. I think people start dealing with Tatis and Soto and these guys that are constantly hitting. You just kind of follow them and want to know what they did. And, and Trout obviously is, is here to, is going to be doing that for weeks to come. Connor, uh, what stood out to you? What did you like this week? I think seeing Bryce Harper also, he's had a couple down years compared to his NL MVP year. He's playing well. Um, he hit a walk-off. He had a walk-off hit in the past week. I mean, the A's again, Piscotty hitting a ninth inning grand slam to tie it up to force it into extras is just very athletics this year. And then, of course, Betts with hitting three home runs in a game for the sixth time, which I believe ties a major league record. And he's still relatively young in his career. It's just – it's crazy. I think he's not a your prototypical home run hitter either. I think he might be five nine or five ten, one hundred and seventy pounds, which makes me think that I could have gone professional in baseball and hit three home runs in a game. But it's uh, it's pretty fun to see what Betts is doing. Having watched Connor play baseball growing, <laughs> I can I can definitively say that was never that was not. <laughs> um, one of the guys I was looking at this week, and I I don't know why he's not talked about more, Lance Lynn. Um, He's he actually kind of had a, a good early start to his career in St. Louis. Had a few bad years in between. Had a great year last year for the Rangers. He actually was one of the uh, I, want, I want to say he was top ten or top fifteen in baseball in terms of wins above replacement by the end of the year, or, or pretty close. He threw a complete game two hitter um, in at Coors Field in Colorado last week, which you know with the way the Rockies are hitting right now, Blackman and Story and Nolan Arenado that. That's no easy feat away from Coors Field. It's even harder at Coors Field. Um, in my opinion, that might have been the best pitch game of the season, uh, and it doesn't really seem like anybody is, <laughs> has really noticed. So uh, I want to give, give a shout-out to Lance Lynn. I thought that was a pretty, pretty phenomenal performance last week. And now let's move on to some things that we hated. Personally, I thought it was hilarious to see Clevenger and Plesak, the pitchers for the Indians, essentially get banished or voted off the island if this were a Survivor TV show. Their teammates met in the middle of the night and had a team vote and sent them down to the training camp. So they're gone from the team for an indefinite amount of time at the moment. I think, it, yeah, I, I don't really have anything to say to that. I think it's this feels like some sort of college sorority fraternity stuff where the other two players that, that no one likes, they get booted off the island. I, I mean – Respect to the Indians for the rest of the Indians for wanting to stay safe and meet the rules, but I didn't even know that was possible. So I guess we'll, we're going to be seeing new things this entire baseball season and having a, a democratic vote to vote two players out of the clubhouse is the first is a first for me. Yeah, I think that the tricky part is you think about some of the guys on that team. I mean, Carlos Carrasco coming back from um, you know a fight with cancer last year. There, there are definitely some at risk situations in Cleveland that need to be taken into account. So, um, you know, Francisco Lindor had some interesting comments about holding yourself to a higher standard, given everything that's going on in the, in the world right now. Um, Adam Pluto, I think came out with some pretty strong comments as well about those guys knowing what they did. And, um, 
you know, to be honest, I, I kind of, I'm kind of with, I'm with the, the Indians as a team. I, I think it sets a, a good example and shows that there should be a zero tolerance for putting other players, you know, other players and friends at risk um, given the current situation. Connor, what did you hate this week? The fact that there was no Reds baseball for the past few days um, with the positive tests going on. And obviously I think the Royals game today was also postponed and they're trying to play a doubleheader tomorrow, which makes it seem like they're, the contact tracing has been going well and there's not a, a larger issue like we saw with the Marlins or the Cardinals earlier this year. Um, so I'm excited to get back to some Reds baseball and people can count how many times I'll mention the Reds in these podcasts and it'll probably at least be a couple times each week. Yeah, yeah it was disappointing to see the Reds and the Pirates not get to play. Rory, what about you? Yeah, I had a couple of things. I mean, I, I know we talked about it at the very beginning, but I can't stand the fact that people are crying about Fernando Tatis hitting a grand slam last night. I know Chris Woodward, <laughs> you know, shedding a tear because he can't figure out a way to, to keep his ball club competitive over nine innings against the Padres is about as, as horrible as it gets for me. My feeling is, I mean, all these guys are being paid a lot of money to play the game of baseball. If you're not good enough to keep your team competitive, then you should have to sit there and watch as someone puts the ball over the fence and beats you by, you know, 10 plus runs. I love Tatis Jr. I love Juan Soto. I love these these younger guys. I think they should be playing exactly like this. I don't think um, we should be worrying about running up the score in a, in a professional sporting event. Um, you know, that, that might be a little bit different on the Little League Diamonds when clearly people are a little mismatched and <laughs> – there's a little bit of a difference of situation going on there, but um, I love to see this kind of thing continue. And then, you know, the second, second um, thing that I really kind of thought sucked last week is Jordan Alvarez hitting the, the IL again, unfortunately not with just sort of a one-time injury. It looks like his knees are going to be a, a chronic problem for him. Um, obviously he's very young, had a great half season or just over half season last year. Um, I think it's really unfortunate that, that someone – you know, as talented as he is, is already dealing with this type of situation. I'm, I'm not sure what the solution is. I'm not sure if there is a solution besides, you know, resting every so often and kind of being on the Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, sit out every other game um, scenario. But hopefully they figure something out there because um, he's a fun guy to watch. And, and when he's hot, you know, there, there might not be a better bat in baseball. So what we're going to watch this next week. For me, I want to see the Oakland A's play the LA Angels. That seems to be an awesome series to watch with Trout going off and the A's really running over everybody that they play with few exceptions. For me, it'll probably be the Padres Rangers now that there's a little bit of uh, some bad blood there with pitchers throwing behind Manny Machado and after Tatis hit that grand slam. So over these next two games, it'll be interesting to see if there's any retaliation or if Tatis just continues to hammer them into the ground. And for me, I'd say the Rays-Yankees um, talked about it being probably a two-horse race in the AL East. The Rays are 8-1 and one in their last nine. The Yankees have won six in a row. Um, should be a good series coming up here in the next few days. All right, now moving on to the players we want to watch. I can't wait to see Mookie Betts keep mashing. In the last three games, he's had two hits each. So he's gone two for five every single time for the last three ball games, And he's a guy that got a big chunk of money and is starting to live up to the hype. Yeah, I think Betts will always be fun to watch. I'd, I'm interested in one of his teammates, too, in Bellinger, to see if he's, he hit a couple home runs at the end of last week, beginning of this, stole a base, had another multi-hit game. 
Um, I actually just traded him away on my fantasy team. So maybe I'm not hoping he does as well as he should be. But it'd be good to see him get out of his slump and start hitting a little bit more and return to that MVP form um, that he was from last year and give Betts a little bit of support of that lineup, especially as Will Smith, I think, just went down with an injury. So they, they lost a good hitting catcher there. And it'd be good to see Bellinger start swinging the bat a little bit. Yeah, and then I'm I'm going to take a different direction. For me, it's a few pitchers. Um, I'm going to highlight Trevor Bauer. I loved I loved his tweet following the Tatis Jr. situation. Um, he's probably the most outspoken guy in baseball right now. I don't know if you've seen his Bauer for Commissioner t-shirts that he wears, but um, you know the only way you can really do that is if you back it up with with performance. And he's been a little 50-50 over the course of his career. He's had three phenomenal starts to begin. He looks like he's going to take the ball. Um, half of the doubleheader on Wednesday against the Cardinals. Um, I don't know if I'd like anything better than to see Bauer win an NL Cy Young and then accept either a, a virtual or in-person award from Manfred with a Bauer for Commissioner T-shirt on. That would pretty much make my make my <laughs> make my uh, baseball season dreams. That would be good. that would be peak Trevor Bauer and momentum <laughs> sports content right it there. It would be, and then. Um, <laughs> On the other side, you know, uh, the Tigers called up a pair of their top pitching prospects and Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal. Um, people have been high on Mize for a while. He's the higher rate of the two. I am actually more interested in Tariq Skubal. His strikeout numbers were insane last year. Neither of these guys have pitched above double A. Um, Mize is going tonight, Skubal tomorrow. Um, really excited to see if this next, you know, sort of the next uh, generation of, of Tigers pitchers is as good as, as they could be in you know, if, if they're good enough, I mean, they could sneak back into that wild card race in the, in the AL Central if they're pitching, you know, two out of every five days. So, um, really looking forward to seeing those guys. Connor, who are you watching this week? I think for me, it'll be Tatis Jr. always. I mean, he's one of those players. He's like a trout. He's like a Soto. You're always kind of watching him out of the corner of your eye. Um, I talked about Bellinger a little bit. So, be watching him as well as, I mean, just – Really, I think it's a it's a good time to watch to see if some of the Braves hitters can come back, if Acuna can start hitting a little bit more um, and get back to his form. And really this week I'll be spending just kind of tracking who hasn't been doing well. It's been doing really well in the past couple of years and see now that we're a third of the way into the season, if they can start heating up and start living up to what they've been, been able to do the past couple of seasons. All right, now let's move on to our picks of the week for our Saturday games. My pick personally is going to be San Diego over the Astros. I think San Diego is going to start riding a hot streak and really get their act together. And Houston has been a dumpster fire even more than their scandal was. I mean, Altuve asked to be moved toward the bottom of the order, which you never see from an MVP caliber guy in this day and age, asking to be moved to the bottom of the order. It's kind of crazy. I mean, most a lot of people are pointing to the fact that no trash cans are banging this year. Um, Altuve, I think Springer as well have both been been pretty rough. We'll see if that continues. Um, for me, I am going to take the uh, Rockies over the Dodgers this weekend um, on Saturday. Um, it should be a, a pretty good matchup. I really like the Rockies hitters. Kyle Freeland to start in that game. For um, Colorado, he's been back to his uh, 2018 self. Um, it's been pretty impressive. Dustin May looks like he's going to be on the hill for the Dodgers. Um, he's got some great stuff, but uh, I think uh, Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story might do a little bit of damage. So I'm, I'm taking the Rockies. I'm taking the, the Braves over the Phillies. I think 
Atlanta will start heating up even more and start running away with that NL East a little bit. If they can get a couple other pitchers to show up and start pitching well, um, their lineup is very strong. I got Marquez back now. He was starting to hit a little bit as well. So I'm going to take the Braves over the Phillies in an NL East matchup. Before we move on to watching the games this evening, do you guys have any last thoughts? Yeah, I just will kind of end with the fact that if the season ended today, the Baltimore Orioles and the Miami Marlins would both be wildcard teams. So, you know, we've talked a lot before the season and sort of during the season on, on the website, some of our blogs about the fact that a lot of teams are going to be in contention that you wouldn't expect. Um, you know, the Marlins were maybe a little bit more likely. The Orioles certainly <laughs> were at the bottom of everybody's lists. Um, but, uh, you know, we're about – 35, 40% of the way in, both those teams still have a, a fighting chance. So that's pretty fun to watch. I think if the Orioles could find a way to logistically keep Chris Davis on the bench, they might actually have a couple other wins too with the way he's been hitting. So we'll see. I Final thoughts for me, I think just another exciting week of baseball. We're now almost most teams a third of the way there. And it'll be fun to see another week of games and should be some decent double headers as teams are coming back from from some COVID disappearances and working through that. So just excited to watch some more baseball. All right. I like it. Well, that's been episode two of the brotherly sports podcast presented by the fans place. Thanks to Rory and Connor billing for their fandom of the game of baseball. I've been Sam Wexler. You can check out the fans place online at the We'll see you next week.